All right. Welcome back to North Point Plus Podcast. Um, this is episode 78, and I'm here with our pastor and my good friend, Rick Rubel. And who are you? Oh, yeah. New, brand new hostess. Yes, I Host. do. My first time. Um, so I'm Chris Sullivan, and I am in the Rubel Life Group. So um, that's how I have grown this relationship with Rick. Um, plus, I see Be him careful on with that. Yeah. Yeah, Rick. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're friends, just friends. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I've been attending North Point for uh, five years now. Wow, wow, it's crazy. Has it been five years, really? Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy to think how Because you quickly. started coming at Christmas time. In 2018. Wow, yeah. That's crazy. And it was actually the year that my husband and I got married. Well, that's fun. And just if you're wondering at home, because you can't hear this in your voice, where are you from? So, uh, yeah, you really can't hear it. But I'm from South Louisiana. So, so. talk Louisiana for us. Oh, my So, I'm from south of Aiton. If you want to come over, we'll eat some crawfish. We'll have a good time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. So, I'm sure that's what people are expecting. They're like, do the swamp people. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so you're from the land of parishes, not counties. Yes, we're the only one. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. It's pretty special. We've got a, a special stamp on us. But I really consider myself a Michigander now, that's and I good. tell people that I am. I love it. I'm here to stay. I really enjoy it. Unless God calls me somewhere else. Yep. But I love it here. You married? I am married. So like I said, my husband is John Sullivan, um, and we've been married since 2018, and we really, we started coming here as like a couple months after we got married. That's fun. Um, it was kind of fun too. The story with that was we knew somebody in business when we moved out here whose business partner was attending North Point. Um, I don't know if I'm going to cool. call his name out or single him out. But no, go ahead. Oh, okay. Chuck Ems. Yeah, Chuck. <laughs> um, they are so lovely, the Ems. Um, and so I met with him and I said, hey, you know, where do you go to church? We don't have a church. We're looking for a church. He said, I go to North Point, you know, check it out. Told me a couple things. We came to the Christmas service and I said, I think we're done. Yeah, That's I think fun. we're just going to come back. And we have and we love it. Um, so both of us, not just me. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So. Right. This week's talk, <laughs> pretty heavy disappointment yeah. with God. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, this, this whole series talking about being disappointed is an interesting series because it, um, I think, I think it, it, um, touched a nerve on lots of levels mm -hmm. with people because, um, I think everybody carries disappointment um, and they don't talk about it. And so to be able to talk about it, so it's a, that's a really big deal to just get it out on the table. And that was, that was part of the message. So um, the big picture stuff from the message, um, the, the text that we looked at was, was Psalm 13. But I, I just think Psalm 22 is really powerful too that, that I started with. Um, it, but Psalm 13 gives some some real clear, I think, a model for us in our disappointment. Um, you know, to just be honest with God, uh, mm -hmm. to ask for His help, and then to make the decision to trust Him in spite of what's going on around. So that that was kind of the big picture of the from the message. That I think the, the on the back end of that, two of the things that that were really important were um, that 
that God, that when we do those things, when we trust God, even in the midst of our disappointment, that um, that peace comes before provision, before it yeah. begins to make sense. Um, and uh, the the last part that that when we're disappointed, the last thing we should do is seal ourselves off from other Christians and from worship and from the presence of God. That e- that in our disappointment, there's nothing that we need more than to just rest in God. So yeah, yeah, I really like that, and I liked how you took David from the Psalms and using this right because yeah. David, you know, is said to be a man after God's own heart. Right, right, and so he's really this example of somebody that God loved not because he was perfect, but somebody who made mistakes. Um, but then he really just has this beautiful example of in each up and down, high and low, that he's continuously going to God and pouring out his heart to him. Yeah, he um, he certainly was far from perfect. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he made some just huge mistakes and, and had lots of stuff. Uh, um, he had the, you would think if you were the king of a nation, of a really important nation, that all of life would be good. But one of the one of the things that I love about scripture is that it tells really the whole story and and um, the the things from the mistakes that he made to um, to the pain that he felt. You know, he had a wife that didn't love him, um, and that's pretty interesting. It, the you know the the whole deal about um, about not sealing yourself off from God when you're in the midst of disappointment. To me, there's a really interesting um, uh, set of scripture that talks about what David did, as um, when he when he when he slept with Bathsheba, mm-hmm. had Uriah killed, goes through all of that. Bathsheba becomes pregnant. Nathan comes and and the prophet Nathan comes and talks to David and says. You know, um, he tells the parable about the guy with the sheep, and that that he kills the you know the guy with lots of sheep kills the guy with one sheep's and one sheep's. Um, and anyway, Nathan, <laughs> it makes sense. Okay. Nathan Nathan says you are the man. Um, David goes through all that stuff. Um, the baby is born and um, and is going to die, and David weeps and cries out to God um, for God to save the baby's life. Um, very aware of his sin and all the stuff associated with that. And when they come, uh, he David. When the baby dies, David hears the people whispering, um, and he knows that they're saying, "Well, I don't want to tell him. I don't want to tell him. You tell him." Um, and David says, "Has my son died?" And um, and they say, "Yeah." And David cleans up, goes. Um, take, you know, essentially takes a shower, gets all cleaned up, and then he goes in to worship God. Um, immediately, there there really is this sense of where else would I go? Where else would I go in my grief? So, yeah. It's really powerful yeah. that that's where he turns to. Um, and knowing that his part in it, too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was really good. And I think that that was a really heavy part in the message, too. Um listening to what David was going through and thinking about our own personal struggles and when have we been on our knees saying, God, please don't let it be this way. You know, how can you change this? And I feel like that really struck a chord with so many people. Yeah, I I can't, uh, well, I can't imagine 
the pain. You know, when I talked about, uh, we just don't think about David and Absalom very much, and and David's son wanting to kill him so that he could become king. It's it's like even worse than the prodigal son, because the prodigal son says, Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me my money, and goes off and, and does his stuff. But Absalom gets actively involved in the process of trying to kill his father so that he can have his inheritance, so that he can become king. Uh, and it um, wasn't a short stint no, either. It was no. very long. I, I, I just can't imagine what it would have been like to f- have that sense of betrayal of not just somebody who was close to you, but your son go through that. So yeah, David's, David's um, Psalms, the, the Psalms of Lament are really powerful. And so I, um, you know, I, like for me as a music person, I love to read Psalm 95, 96, come sing to the Lord, make a yeah. new song to the Lord, do all this Psalm 150, praise Him. sing for us now? Not, oh, no, okay. I did enough of that yesterday. <laughs> um, but uh, the Psalms that we love, um, but man, it's it's important to be in the Psalms because there's so much where it really is just crying out to God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after the message, I actually was talking to my husband about this. Of, um, So my relationship with God has obviously grown throughout the years. And at this point, I had already realized, you know, who God was to me. Um, and I had, I had already accepted him and we had had this relationship. But I think it wasn't until a couple of years ago when I hit this really hard point in life where I didn't know what to do. And I was really at the bottom of the barrel, like, like. David, um, and feeling like, God, what do I do? What do I do? And I just remember taking out my Bible and saying, okay, I, I'm just going to go into the Psalms and I'm going to find something to pray over right now because I need yeah. God. And the Psalm that I opened just happened to be perfect for what I was going through. And the words were speaking to what I was already praying and calling out to wow. God. Yeah. And I just remember weeping and thinking, you hear me, Yeah. you know, and I think we know God's there, God hears us, but then just to have him speak to us through scripture and through the word and know he's with me even when I feel like nobody is. And it was just a really beautiful moment, and I was recalling that with my husband, thinking that was powerful, and I still think about that of God hears me. Yeah, that, um, I got a I got an email Sunday afternoon from somebody uh, who was in in one of the services yesterday that they're um, they write music that you know that that's part of who they are and they just talked about how the last several years have been hard years for them mm-hmm. and that um, they had written um, a number of songs uh, in the desert you know in, in the time that God feels distant everything feels apart. Yeah. Um, and it sent me the the lyrics to his uh, to his song, and it was from Psalm 13, which was oh. just really cool. So he said he said, you know, I've gone through all this stuff. It was really, really just um, an, uh, uh, John Edelf would call it a kiss from God um, to to have the text be Psalm 13. Yeah, exactly. It's not a coincidence. Nope. When God is nope. speaking to you like that. Um, and it's really fun. It, uh, I think you mentioned it in one of your sermons of just, or maybe it was just at some point, of writing those instances down and right. just seeing them. Um, I think in experiencing God, they call them the pillars. Yeah. 
and just notating them. And I think it's a really nice thing to look back on of how God is really with us in our disappointment and our sorrows, that he doesn't leave us. He, yeah. You know, it's it's funny because I, I was talking to some people after the service yesterday, and and, um, and they talked about how how aware they were of the presence of God and, and how powerful the end of the service had been. And, uh, and one of them said, um, you know, we could, we could have just finished with the prayer at the end and not sung the last song. And um, it, it's just funny to me how God works in different ways with different people because I've, I've felt that too. But at the same time, um, that song that Jamie had picked just for me was so powerful because in the midst of disappointment to, um, uh, to be able to sing, he won't fail, he won't fail, he won't fail. And, and there's a lyric in there that, that um, after having spoken, that it just, it just was so meaningful to me. Um, he's faithful through generations, so why should he fail now? Um, to just think about um, the number of times that he has been faithful in my life, in my parents' life, in my grandparents' life, through generations back um, of history, God has been faithful all through that. So why would 2023 be the any... The year that he takes d- off. Yeah, that he says, ah, no, I'm going to let them hang by themselves and, uh, and, and sort through it. So, yeah. Yeah, I really like that, that your story isn't just this time right here, but he was working your story in generations to come. And maybe it is a story where your parents had faith and their parents had faith and their parents had faith and they were passing that down. But maybe that's not your story generationally, um, right? but that God is still moving it for you to come into his light and his presence. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, if that's not your story— you know, if uh, I'm I'm so blessed by having godly parents, but if that's not your story, you have the ability to write a new story and to have your kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, whoever it is, say, "Oh man, I remember, I remember when Chris and John went through that, and God's faithfulness in that uh, is is just so good." Uh, the um, uh, and that's Inter- so cool. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, we didn't get any questions this week, so we're just talking. So, um, so it, it'll it'll just be a kind of free flow kind of deal. But I I talked to somebody after the service that um, that experienced a stillborn uh, stillbirth. So full full term baby, the baby's born and the baby has died, mm-hmm. and. Um, and in in many ways, I think I I just can't imagine that as as difficult as the miscarriages, the two miscarriages that that Deb had, as difficult as that was to 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 go full term, thinking oh there's going to be we're going to bring home a baby, right. and to not be able to do that, I just the devastation. Um, anyway, this woman I talked to 61 years ago, she had a, um, a stillborn, and um, and she still, the grief, the pain yeah, was real. Um, and right. and both my mom and dad are, um, are, are gone. They've, they've passed. I wish at this stage of life, one of the things that I don't think I ever talked to them about, that I never really realized, I never thought about, 
um, uh, I had a sister that was born and lived a day or two and died. And both my mom and dad, really pretty positive people. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an adult, later in life, um, I think probably it was after mom died that I thought, I have never thought about them in terms of somebody who experienced devastating grief because God had seen them through that. Right. Um, Which that's, that's just a cool story. So So with that story, I guess the question would be, does disappointment ever go away? Um, I, you know, one of the, one of the things that I think if I had a chance to write the sermon series all over again, one of the things I think that I would probably say in each message is it's okay to be just disappointed. Disappointment, there, you, you can't wave a magic wand. You can't say a perfect prayer and, and all of a sudden, oh, that disappointment's gone. Yeah, I, you know, if your disappointment, if you're disappointed in your spouse, in your kids, whatever, um, in God, in your circumstances, in your job, um, in yourself, it's not like that disappointment just dissipates. How's that for alliteration? It's not like it just goes away in an instant. Um, it's there. I think the the key is how we handle that disappointment and, and how we kind of filter that through. There's, Do you feel like that's cyclical? Like you have to keep coming back to it and giving it away? Yeah. I, I mean, like it's, it's funny to me in talking about, especially um, the first mis- miscarriage, the story told yesterday, um, that's not something I think about all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think about it when I think about heaven. And I think about it when I'm talking to somebody who has experienced a miscarriage. Um, and, and when I do, um, it, it, it stirs all that stuff up again. All, you know, all that, all that grief. Um, but, but, you know, that's one part of life. I, the same thing is true, you know, with the, with the death of my parents and other people that I know and love that you kind of recognize that life goes on and that there is eternity. There's hope in that. But boy, you start thinking about what you miss. So I, you know, that, that's tough. You know, it, the, dis, the disappointment's real and it's okay for it to still be there. But uh, it's, uh, like I said in the message, it's not okay to allow the disappointment to make you bitter. That's, that's I think, where we have to, um, you know, when it goes inward and we don't, we're not honest about it, we don't talk about it with God, we don't talk about it with other people, that's where it gets to, to really become a cancer that eats us from the inside out. Right. So with that, I know that God, that's, I don't believe that that's God's intention, um, for our lives, especially losing a baby. I don't yeah. feel like that's part of God's plan and intention. But do you think that there could be a purpose or um, a use for those sufferings? Um, I, yeah, I, I think that the, di- that the disappointment that we carry um, is it is a reminder that there is a future where there will be no more tears and pain and sorrow. And grief and disappointment. That that one day, if we know Jesus, if we've allowed Him to have control of our lives, that we'll be around the throne of the God of the universe, 
and not all the disappointment, all the pain, all that stuff will just fade away. It'll, it, I don't even think it'll be, I think we'll have some memory of it, but it won't have any power over us. And so um, the pain that we experience now really does point us towards the perfection that we can experience in the future. Um, I, yeah. That's a beautiful depiction. Yeah. Um, so thinking about disappointment, you kind of mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was a really interesting point that disappointment originated in the garden yeah. with the fall. Um, and thinking about it like um, through the Bible and through the text, that that's the first time that we can really see disappointment, but it's because of that separation yeah. from God, right? Yeah. And so when we are fully reunited with God in perfect peace and that that disappointment won't be there. Right. And 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 we can that that's a hope that we can hold on to. Yeah. Um the uh you know we we we've, we've we've talked a, about the miscarriage um and the story I told and and somebody did say, "Hey, could you talk more about that cuz it's somebody that that uh, our story. It's just really interesting to look back and so that right. that um Speaking of having a purpose, yeah, other people can find comfort in knowing that they're not the only ones going through something like this. Yeah, uh, so um, so 30, 32 years ago, whatever, when when um, when we experienced that miscarriage, and we were at that park, um, Deb and I, the conversation that we had was a hard conversation because. Um, because because on one side there's a part of the conversation where you say oh something must have been wrong with the baby it's god's will it's better you know that it, all kinds of stuff could have gone wrong that kind of thing and and as we had that conversation um i i just kept saying i no i can't believe that it's god's will that a baby would die I, um that god allowed it but I can't believe that that that's a part of his plan because death isn't a part of his plan. Uh, you know, his plan is that that we would live with him forever. So, um, so that that was a hard conversation. You know, that that day looking out there, like I said yesterday, it, there was a sense of peace that came out of that. But it was hard. It, I, you know, it. It just was a struggle. You feel like it took a while to kind of wrestle through what that yeah. meant, and yeah, it's it's not like you flip a switch because we we literally, I think, if I remember right, we literally went from the doctor's office to this park to just try and. I think we had three kids at home, so we had to have somebody watch the kids, but but we did that, and then it was you know it was still a day or two after that before Deb had to go in the hospital for the DNC mm-hmm. and. You know, that just messy. So it's not like, oh, you know, this peace flooded in. Um, but there there was a sense that God was in the midst of that. So I've I've shared that story some, and probably what? I'm trying to think back. Probably four years ago, um, a close friend uh, who had a couple of miscarriages came in and was just really struggling, and, and I shared that um, story with her that I just shared our story. Um, and, and it, God used that, um, to really help her, 
she would say, understand who God is in a different kind of way. Because everybody had said, oh, it's God's will. You know, it's God's will that you lost the baby. It's God's will that that happened. Some, you know, something must have been wrong, that kind of thing. And, and for me to be able to say to her, all I know is this, that's not consistent with what I know about God's nature, uh, about who God is, his character. And it's really funny that, that she emailed, um, you know, she sent me a message, and we, we t- talked about that since yesterday's message. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the point that she, the, the, connect, the connecting of the dots that she gave was the end of the message when we prayed, God, I trust your plan. I trust your uh, truth. Well, well, Ooh, what um, was it? Um, I trust your knowledge. Yes. I trust your plan. And I trust your character. And, and, um, and that was, those were the dots that she connected. And it, it was like, oh, as we got talking about it, that's what that was all about. It's the character of God that we can trust, that we see through the circumstances to know God will not ever fail, you know, that, that he will see us through the darkest of times. And, um, and there are some really dark times in life. You know, there's, the disappointment's real. Right, and when going into Scripture and dealing with disappointment or circumstances, um, there might not be the exact circumstance that you're looking for in today's culture versus when the Bible was written. So I really like that statement of knowing God's character, and one that comes from knowing Scripture and having that relationship, but also knowing the Holy Spirit. Right. And and the Holy Spirit brings us together. It it was so interesting to me. Um, you know, you talk about being in a life group together. Um, um, I I struggle because because this I just feels like this is sitting around talking with friends. Um, and it does and, feel that way. Um, and I I want to use the person's name, but I haven't gotten permission to do that. Anyway, in um, when they were struggling. And, um, and ultimately, that led them to take a risk to come to Life Group um, yeah. and, and then to take the risk to talk about their grief and, and just going through that whole process. One of the things I, that I remember uh, so clearly when they first came and shared that, uh, shared about the miscarriage, um, was that there was another person in the group who's a little bit older than us that said, yeah. That's my story too. I I had a miscarriage too, and just it was um, the power of the Holy Spirit to bring people together to share burdens and to be able to help carry the disappointment when we're honest, when we're honest with God, and when we're honest with each other. Um, man, we just Satan works so hard to 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 distort the way that we think and think, oh, no one would understand and no one would care and nobody's ever gone through what I've gone through. And, um, and it's just not true. And, Even you know, in like culture and music, you know, that's so prolific of, you know, nobody, nobody understands. Nobody yeah. knows <laughs> the trouble I've seen. But there, I, I get to sing. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, I will not be singing, but I will cheer you on. Uh, but you did mention that in the podcast, uh, not in the podcast, but in the service about having godly people to talk to, yeah. to understand God's character and to lean on. 
And uh, so I don't know if this is a plug or if this is something that you need to hear. But, you know, again, if you don't have that life group, it's really yeah. important to get connected and get into a life group. So you have those people that can pray for you, that you can talk with. And I was thinking about this coming in today, that we also have resources here at the church right. for people who are suffering and hurting. And, um, you know, we have Grief Share, and um, there's a few other ones. I think there's Surrendering the Secret, if that's yeah. you if know, you, your if story. Post, and, post-abortive, yep. Um, even the Divorce Care. Right, right. And we we don't, right now, we don't have Divorce Care or oh, okay. s- or Celebrate Recovery, but um, we think that those that... God will raise that back up again because they're so important. And we have resources um, in terms of content. Um, right now, media is a, is, a, is a tool that's available to everybody who's a part of North Point. Um, if you go to the website, you can look at that or on the app. Um, there's a connection point, and we can get you set up with a Right Now Media subscription. Do you want to just that, tell a little bit about what yeah, Right, right, now, media right now Media is? Yeah, Right Now Media, it's like an online library of videos that includes everything from fun kid Christian kid shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're so you've got videos for your kids to um, teaching that may be like a Bible study about a particular book in the Bible, or it may be topical about uh, you know any kind of topic about you know about about dating or facing death or whatever it is disease, um, and and this whole concept of in terms of of having some people who can speak into whatever it is that you're going through. Um, that's, that's a great, great resource. I would come back. Uh, I, um, you know, I mentioned it in the message and I thought, man, is this too far off or not? But I, I would encourage life groups. I would encourage life group leaders and life groups to have the boldness to be honest and real in the context of your life group and yeah. and to not just put on a happy face and kind of do your study, answer the questions after the sermon. And um, uh, that doesn't do anybody any good. If, if you're not honest, it doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do the rest of the group any good. And it's an okay thing to say, right now, life stinks royally and I'm really struggling. Um, because then people can come alongside you. And I think it's at that level that you really do have the community that God designed into the body of Christ. Um, I think that's really great because I'm doing a study right now and I'm reading the book 40 Days Decrease. Yeah. And so is Deb. Yeah. (laughs) So am I vicariously, Deb will say, this is really good. This is really good. (laughs) The content is really fantastic. And so it kind of allows you to fast different things Uh um, in relation to uh, Lent, but also getting you closer in your relationship with God. Um, And one of the things that it talked about was fasting tidy faith. And I wrote that down because it seems so similar Mm. to this, um, that, you know, they really they encourage you to to doubt in order to ask questions in order to find out God's true character. Yeah. Yeah, it's um I would maintain some uh, oh boy this is scary coming from my voice in my seat right now, but I would maintain that some of the time that people get frustrated and walk away from their life groups is because everybody has a tidy faith 
in terms of what they communicate that um, if all of our lives are messy, that all of our lives are messy. And if you're not honest about that, um, God can't speak into that. And so when, when everybody's putting on a happy face and everything's right. all good, it's kind of like, if, you know, if I have to hear one more time how great things are, that's not my life, and, I, and I'm just not going to be part of it. So, um, well, I think yeah. there's a challenge, too, for people who are in life group to be vulnerable right? Um, and to trust who's in your life group because that's the reason that you're there. And if you can't trust them to um, be a good steward of what you're communicating, right. you can't trust them to hold on to that and to take care of you and meet you with love, um, you're probably not in the right space. And I would, I would hope that each of our life groups would be fostering that trust. Yeah. But I think it's also the key part is, can you be vulnerable enough to open up to speak that out loud? And and that typically only happens when somebody first either has the boldness or takes the risk yeah. to put themselves out there and see what happens. And it and it and the um, you know I said in the message, um, you can't have intimacy without honesty. Honesty has to come before intimacy, and that when you're honest, then all of a sudden the the depth begins to grow. Um, one last thing, let's talk about just for a second. Um, I, I had a conversation from somebody else this morning, um, so a day after the message, that said, "Man, you opened Pandora's box," because because the question that is next beyond um, the message about disappointment with God is, why does God allow that? Why does God allow horrible things to happen? Why you know? Why does God allow babies to die? Why, um, and there's um, you know there there. I can speak theologically and say, oh, it's the result of living in a broken world. Right. And that and that's true. That sounds good. That doesn't provide a lot of comfort. Right. Um, but that but that's it. Um the um it's funny because I think But maybe the comforts in God's promises too. Yeah. I yeah, it it's as as I was reflecting on the the whole concept, the the um, concept of the message, the topic, and all of the pieces to that, and thinking about how sometimes um, answers seem very trite. Uh, you know, they're there. It's like, oh yeah, here's the right answer. Um, they are the right answer, and they seem they seem very surface level level until you're the one in the depths and you hold on to that truth. Mm. Like um, when, when the life preserver is God has never failed me. Yeah. And you really hold on to that. That gets you through the moment of the, of the pain and the disappointment. Um, but if you say, um, Oh, has God ever failed you? That, you know, that sounds like shut up, you know? Right. Um, but, but, when you when you really get a hold of that, you know that God's character is true. We can trust His character. We can trust His knowledge. We can trust His plan. Um, when we really hold on to those things, all of a sudden, it really does change what's deep inside us, not just what's on the surface. And right. um, if we only deal with that at a surface level, it's not enough. But when it gets when it really gets in us. Um, 
that which is why I felt like I wanted to just keep praying, have everybody keep praying. I trust your knowledge. I trust your plan. I trust your character. That was a um, really good prayer to, to hold on to. Um, because when you say things over and over, sometimes it takes a minute to yep. really get it stuck in your head. Yeah, and, and to think about what the ramifications of that are. Right. I trust that God does know better than me. I know that. God does know that. I trust his knowledge. I trust his plan. I know that he can see things that I can't see. Yeah. I trust his plan, and I trust his character. I know who God is based on what Scripture says and what He's who he is, what he's done in the past. And so. when you repeat it, it will be in there. Yeah. Um, kind of funny, when we were when I was listening to the sermon this week, and after it, you know, my husband and I are talking, and he was like, what do you get out of it? And I said, you know, it kind of felt like I was remembering a dream in that... Mm. I'm not suffering right now. I'm not at the depths, right? But I do remember times when I was, and when I'm, I was in those moments, it was easy to confuse things that other things that I was disappointed in with disappointments with God. Yeah. But sitting here right now, I can clearly remember and I can clearly see that my disappointment is not really in God because I know those truths about Him. Yes. So saying them really is important because it helps us to remember who God is, what his character is. Um, and I actually wrote down because I thought my disappointments are, I don't know if this is everybody else, but my disappointments are never really in God, that they're disappointments in myself, disappointments in others, disappointments in circumstances or yep. the world, but I'm never really disappointed in God because he's always who he says he is. Yes, which which goes back to the to the point in the message. I hope I I hope that it rang clear. Our disappointment in God is that we're not God. <laughs> that our disappointment in Him is because He's not doing what we want and that yeah. we think that we'd do. That's a, that to me. That's a really healthy, helpful perspective. Because when I say that out loud. Um, I recognize how stupid it is, you know. Yeah. That um, I, I'm not God. God is God. Um, Got to let go of the reins yeah. a little bit. Yep. 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 I, my husband said uh, throughout this whole series, pretty much every week. Oh, we're gonna get a stern talking to today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. But it was such a it was such a really good series of what do we do with disappointment? Yeah. And I think that. You really, I, for me at least personally, helped me to see, to look beyond my expectations and look towards yeah. God. And I hope that other people did the same as well. So we'll, we'll finish with this. I'll, I'll, I'll tease the next series, the next series, the Easter egg series. Yes. Um, Everybody's is, waiting. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it really is. We're looking at stuff in the Old Testament that point to the crucifixion and resurrection. Mm. And, and the key piece of that is recognizing that God has had a plan, even through all of the messes, to redeem and to save and to love us. He's had a plan, even when things looked bleak. And so that I think that there's a connection there to the disappointment series too. I think so, that's going to yeah. be a cool series. Uh, thank you, Rick, for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate. Thanks it. Thanks for hosting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, please come back next Sunday and watch Easter eggs. Thanks, guys. Yep. Uh, oh, don't forget you oh. have to say do all the right social media oh, stuff. Yes. Like. Sorry. <laughs> 
I'm new to this. <laughs> um, yes, please like, subscribe, um, give us a thumbs up. Uh, what else? Comment. Comment. Yes. Ask, ask even more questions. Put your questions in. We love questions over here. Thanks much. Thank you.